Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar De Jesus. And yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. Today, we're talking about business and answering your business questions. I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting and splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started, I want to thank all of our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, Pool Invoice, Blu-ray XL, Aquastar Pool Products, and Pivot Pool Products. We want to thank them for their continued support. Zach, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I think I'm maybe coming down with something, you know, that you get that kind of body weakness and things like that. And you're kind of in limbo wondering which way it's going to go. So I think that's the point I'm at right now. Other than that, everything's going pretty good. John's not here today, as you can all see. So kind of threw me off not having brother John here. A little nervous, but I think me and you can get through it without too many bloopers today. Oh, yeah, for sure. So John had to attend to some pool issues he's got some people coming into town so he was gonna go take care of that obviously for this fourth of july weekend everybody's calling everybody's wanting to use their pool so anyways big shout out out there to jeanette Corey. mr Corey started off by saying hey zach i think he knew he was gonna pick at me so Corey was out <laughs> Corey was out here took the class we got to meet with him it was awesome we'll talk about that here in a couple minutes. So, you know, Zach, I have a very crazy start to my day. So I, we have three cars at home. Two of them are down. Can't get either one of them fixed before the weekend. My daughter's going down to Houston. So she's taking the other car. So we had to rent a car. Now I have one of my dogs downstairs because nobody's home. He's going nuts barking. And then I got one of the other dogs that unfortunately it looking, it's looking like he's kind of making it to you the end of the road. He's 15 years old, Chihuahua. And so he's kind of having a hard time getting around and doing all that. So anyways, I think, um, I think I'm being tested, right? My patience, I got to keep it all under control. So anyways, but uh, it's a beautiful thing. We're alive, right? Let's just keep marching forward and kind of dealing with all the things that we have to deal with. So a couple of things that I want to jump into, and that is that a lot of our podcasts are done from you guys submitting your questions. So if you have questions, go to poolnation.com, hit that submit button, send your questions in. We'll talk about those today. We are going to talk a lot about business. Shannon, big shout out to you out there. Hey, Edgar and Zach, she says, big shout out to you. 
And then the other thing that I want to talk about, Zach, is that we are in full motion for the Pool Nation Awards. We are <laughs> kicking into gear. I know that you're going to start to freak out here a little bit. <laughs> But oh. we are in full gear. So we have all the nomination categories that the pool pros picked. And I think we added, what, four or five this year. I don't remember how many. We added some that six. the pool pros, six yep. that the pool pros suggested. We are going to open up voting July 15th to August 15th. So make sure you get your votes out there. So I just kind of wanted to go through the categories and then I left for the last ones, the new ones. But this year, we are going to have the variable speed pump, best residential filter, automation of the year, innovative product of the year. We have salt system of the year, best value automation, favorite net, favorite test kit, best truck wrap. That was a big one last year, Zach, the best truck wrap, everybody. I've seen some cool wraps too throughout the year. So oh, yeah. Interesting. Now, are you like me? Every time that you look at a wrap, you stop and you go, I wonder if that one will go into the pool nation. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I do that with every single wrap. I'm like, I wonder if they're going to get in. Uh, we have pool builder of the year, distributor of the year, sales rep of the year. We have favorite pool back system, heater of the year. This year, we have the Lifetime Achievement Award that has been changed to the Bob Lowry Lifetime Achievement Award. We have the 230 under 40. And yesterday, Zach was the last day for voting on that. And you were nominated, right? For 30 and 40? I was. You were. Congratulations, brother. Thank you. I think you deserve it, man. Thank you. Let's let's see if you make it. Let's see if Hopefully. you if you have the oomph to make it. Right. Janie was also nominated for the 30 under 40. So big shout out out there to you too for that. I think we are gonna have to look at your birth certificate to make sure you are under 40. So I think that's coming. Me or yeah, Janie? You. Oh, okay. I did tell Megan to definitely uh, verify that. So she might reach out to you and, and re I took request. 10 years off my age when I met you. So. <laughs> so we have pool guy of the year, pool girl of the year, pool company of the year, 200 pools or less. They obviously have to have employees. We have new, which is hardscape landscape designer of the year, suction side pool cleaner of the year, heat pump of the year. And then we came up something and this was more for us. And that is the John, Zach, and Edgar Award. And really the reason that we created this award is because we don't get to vote. We don't get to pick categories. We don't get to pick and vote or do any of that kind of stuff. So there are some people that are close to us that we think are deserving of some of these awards. And then it wouldn't be fair for us to put them on there. Then they win. And then people are going to be like, hey, you know, so... We wanted to have one where we can kind of pick and then have that not create a conflict. So definitely super excited about those, Zach. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing I want to kind of bring up is that, you know, we ran into a little bit of this last year, but this year for anyone who did not vote last year and you weren't happy with the results, you better get out there and nominate someone and vote. And uh, if you don't nominate, then they're not entered into it. So I know kind of after the fact, after we had closing, closed some of the nominating and voting, there were people that, you know, had some complaints. So it's make sure that you go out there, make sure you put in an effort to nominate someone and then vote for them in the end. And then additionally, we're going to do something a little different this year. We're going to have a live nomination event in Dallas on August 24th in Studio A. And we're going to live stream the nominations on that Wednesday. So make sure that you tune into that. We're going to have some tickets to the event. They'll be limited. So keep listening. 
and we'll talk about that more as we start getting closer to that date. Yeah. I want to give a big shout out over here to Kelly. Kelly's on here and Kelly is obviously going to be doing the same thing as she did last year. She's our kind of correspondent, right? She's going to sit there and interview people as they come in and to that pre-function. So super excited about that. Kelly, big shout out to you. Thank you for doing that. The other thing that I wanted to talk about is the class that we did this last week, Zach, because I'm going to be honest with you. It was freaking cool. So, uh-oh, Corey's over here letting me know. Hard eight in August, be brutal. <laughs> so here's what happened, guys. I told everybody I was going to blame Zach and John. So they're always teasing me, kind of going, Edgar, you always have to have everything figured out. You always have to have every plan, everything planned out. You need to kind of get out of that and just kind of wing some of the stuff. And I'm like, no, I just kind of like the... So there's this restaurant out here called The Hard Eight, and it is barbecue, and supposedly it's one of the better ones. So the building, Zach, looks huge, right? It looks like really, really big. So I just figured, let's go to Hard Eight. There's enough space. There's enough that. So first of all, it was 101 that day. And then we get there, and as you're going through, you go through the actual barbecue pits, right? So there's these doors that are in front before you get into the restaurant, and then this part is covered and it's open, but they have all the grills out there and they have two lines, one to each side. And they're like humongous barbecue pits. So of course you can imagine it's 101 outside. Can you imagine how hot it feels inside this pit? Cause it can't be air conditioned because of all the things out there. So we're getting through the line. They have these big fans. It's super hot, but you know, the f- food obviously smells delicious. We get inside Zach. And when we get inside the seating area, is smaller on the inside and then all the other seating is to the outside with these like garage doors that have to open. So we all literally had to sit outside in the heat, in the humidity to eat all this barbecue. And you are not going to believe how much crap I took that day. I can imagine it's been (laughs) brutal lately. You just sweat standing outside in the last few weeks. You just stand there and you start sweating. So I can't imagine just having to sit out there and eat hot barbecue food at the same time. Now, the only good thing, so it was hot. We were sweating and all that. It started to cool down towards a little bit of the afternoon that we were there. But I felt so bad because here we are. There was like, I think, 14 of us. And we're all sitting there and I'm looking and Corey's like sweating, coming down. Josh is sweating and they're grabbing some of the napkins and wiping their foreheads. And I'm just like, oh my God. And then some of the wives were there and I'm like, they're just going to be thinking like, this Edgar's a douche. He invites us out to dinner. We come out, we got to sit outside. But anyway, so I took a lot of heat for that, Zach, but the food was delicious. The brisket was just ho 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 to die for. So it was good stuff, but. Anyways, we had a great time, Zach. Then we did the class the next night. What, by the way, we did go to Andy's that night, and it was kind of nice. We sat outside. We ate some ice cream. We, we chit-chatted. Great networking. Great meeting everybody. And so it was really different, Zach, because all these classes we've done uh, over Zoom, this was the first in-person class. Right. And the energy and the chemistry and all that was just freaking phenomenal. And just everybody got to network and meet everybody the next day. So we did the intros. Everybody was comfortable. Everybody was kind of comfortable and sharing. The classroom was awesome. We were able to get everybody. I almost dropped my coffee here. I wanted to show you here. I'll show you for those that are watching. So everybody that went there got 
hooked up and we gave him one of these here. Check out for it. those of you that are listening to the podcast. Sorry, you can't see this. Go back and watch the video. But everybody got one of these pad failures on here. I'm hoping so, you save me one. I do have one for you. I did. Yeah, right, I, I got one I, saved. It looked like a really good time. I mean, you started sending me pictures when you guys were out and about and eating the night before. And I was like, man, I wish I was there doing the pool talk, just hanging out. And then the next day, I mean, that room looked great. It looked like a really good time. And that's what we got to do. We got to get out of our element. You know, we got to get into an environment that kind of gets our mind switching gears from servicing a pool to, okay, now we're, we're a business. Let's talk numbers. Let's look at the numbers. Let's start to figure this side of things out. So I wish I could have attended, um, in, in the future, I definitely plan on coming to some of the in-person classes that are coming up. Yeah. And we already have some people reaching out asking if we're going to do another one. So we'll have to set a date and definitely do another one, but it was great. You know, everybody got to their numbers, everybody crunched, you know, it was really conversational. People shared a lot of great connections out there. So Corey, I know that you're listening. Big shout out to you for coming out. Jeanette, it's always great to have you. Benny was out there. Big running joke, by the way, with my wife and Benny, because supposedly Benny looks like me. So my wife started teasing me, oh, there's your son. And so all of a sudden, this became this big, huge joke the next day in the training class that, oh, my son needs to present. And so um, so I we had a great say- uh-huh. I saw a comment about it and it, it instantly clicked. There was no question what was going on there. So kind of wondering, I was like, holy shit, like, it is his son. It was funny because we show up and my daughter's 19 and uh, my wife comes home and starts teasing my daughter. It's like, oh, you know, your dad had another kid and he's 19 years old. And my, my daughter's like, what the heck are you guys talking about? And then she sees a picture of him. She's like, holy crap. <laughs> for real so anyways but benny came out from georgia big shout out to you benny out there we appreciate all of you guys coming out and i do want to give a shout out to everybody specifically jordan and brett christina and chad Corey, josh jason jeanette kelly benny and cindy and chris thanks all of you guys for coming out it was great meeting you and you know, the class was great, but was what was more great was to kind of create that community, to create that network, to meet in person, and to be able to have people that you can call and you can talk to if you have any issues with your business. Today's shout out goes to two new poo pros, and they're from out here in Prosper Salina area, and that is Ethan and Army. They're out there hustling and getting some pools done and So I saw some of the uh, Snapchats and some of the pictures that you guys were posting of some of those green pools. And so hopefully you guys can get through those and get those ready for the weekend. So I know it's hot. Keep it cool out there, guys. Big shout out. So, all right, Zach, I think we've been kind of going at this for a little while. I think it's time to to jump into podcast mode, right? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, So hopefully I can keep up today. I'm just like, ugh. Hopefully I don't put everyone to sleep with my boring tone today. So here, let's do this. Hey, John, why don't you answer the first question? Oh, wait, John, you're not here. Oh, my bad. (laughs) John, why are you you so quiet? (laughs) He's just way too quiet today. (laughs) Uh, Our poor poor boy John was... uh, Obviously a little bum because he couldn't be here this morning, but uh, we got your brother. Big shout out to you. So. For sure. All right, Zach. So let me start with the first question here. 
and that was pool exchange with other companies. Question, to have a better route to being a more efficient business, we're trying to have every pool in the same area. Another pool company offered to exchange pools with me. Excuse me, guys, I'm struggling this morning. Another pool company offered to exchange pools with me, getting the pools from that area that I need, and then they get the pools from my area that I do not need. Have you guys ever done pool exchange? How can I make a safe pool exchange without getting scammed and everything going correctly for my benefit? What are your thoughts on that, Zach? It's interesting because... It sounds like a really good idea and we've never done a pool exchange and we've never done any buying or selling of routes in general. So I don't really know how the mechanics behind the scenes work as far as like, how do you make sure that you're safe and not get scammed on it? But it makes sense, right? This could be a really good way to tighten up your route. If you have pools in their area and they have pools in your area, as long as it makes sense, why wouldn't you switch? But I think where the challenge can be a lot of the times is, are they charging a similar rate as you? Are they including filter claims in their monthly rate or do they charge extra for them? It almost has to line up with what you're doing because if you if they have pools over there that are at a really low rate compared to you, you're going to have a hard time taking those customers on and then increasing their rate up to what you need. And I definitely wouldn't trade pools that you have properly put the rate properly to what you need for pools that you're not making what you need. It just doesn't make sense. So I've never done it, but if it could work, I think it would be a good idea. Yeah. So I can tell you, I never did it, but a buddy of mine had all his pools and he was a pool guy for like 15 years and he kind of had it all figured out by the time that I started and got a lot of information from him and stuff like that. But he used to do that. So he had his route really, really, really tight, probably one of the tightest routes that I've ever seen. And he was big into that. When he started, he had some pools that were kind of out of that area. And as he decided that he was going to start bringing everything in, he would meet with other pool pros kind of at SCP. And what they would do is they would exchange. But a lot of it was exactly what you were saying, Zach. The pools were similar rates. And then what they would do is they would do the exchange, the rates were similar. So I think that would be really important for you is a figuring out is the rates going to be the same, right? Is that going to be something that you can work with? You know, if it's an issue of maybe 10 bucks, you're going to be saving. So that would be okay. But you want to make sure that that pool is not 20, 30 bucks less, right? So you have to take that into consideration. I think the other challenge comes in that if you don't know the other person, you don't know how to operate, that can be a little bit tricky because I don't know what guarantees you guys can put in place unless they have a good relationship with the customers and the customers are going to be okay with it. I can tell you that for him, it works really, really well. He did a lot of trades. I don't remember him complaining about losing any pools. They just kind of had the honest conversation with the customer saying, Hey, you know, this is a buddy of mine. Yeah, I don't, I'm not coming to this area anymore, but what we're going to do is I'm going to let him have the account that kind of made the customer be a little bit more relaxed because they're not selling the account. It's just more, hey, I'm here. You can call me, but I'm not going to service the area anymore. So I'm, I'm going to have my buddy service the pool for you. Definitely something to look at, especially now, Zach, that gas is so expensive and cams are so expensive. Having a tight route 
is huge. It cracks me up. We'll be at an account in a neighborhood. And I mean, I'm sure everyone experiences this and you drive down the road and you see three other companies on the same street. And it's like, really? Like if we could just rearrange all of this to where it makes sense for all of us, how great would that be? Yeah, no, it makes, makes total sense. And I think we were talking to Mike where he did a big, huge focus on tightening up his route and getting rid of some stuff that was further out and making sure that his guys were all really close. And when he was impacted by the price of gas that went up like two bucks, that was his savings. That was huge. He said, I didn't get hit with that extra $2 because I tightened my route and that efficiency was so much better that what I saved was that difference. So he didn't get affected by that. Definitely, definitely something to to look at. All right, Zach, the next question. I am at the stage where I need to make a move. I have 93 pools. I don't know what direction to go in. To be honest, I'm a bit overwhelmed, but don't know if I should hire a tech and focus on the service side or outsource all repairs and focus on the building route. I do repairs so I could do either one. And this was a question that was sent in and John and I talked about it on the Instagram, but I really kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it from your business aspect. Yeah. And it'll be interesting because I didn't hear that question on the live. So I'm not sure what John's take was on it, but and it's easier for me to kind of talk about this because I had it a little different with Justin to where he was able to carry a lot. We started as a pair, right? So there were two of us from the beginning. So I always had that support. But from my personal experience of starting with repairs and adding the maintenance service years later, I'm going to say I'm going to lean towards, you know, focus on the repairs and hire someone to do the maintenance. And I feel like with repairs, you can be a bit more flexible with your scheduling. So you can do repairs after hours. You can do repairs on the weekends as needed, where your route is pretty fixed to when you need to keep going to it day after day. And this would allow you to have that scheduling flexibility and still be able to spend the day training a new maintenance technician on their route, getting them used to that routine that they're going to be doing and the pools that they're going to be servicing. And then eventually they would go out on their own. That being said, the question says, I'm currently doing 93 pools and I imagine that's by yourself. And so what I was just talking about, I don't think that would work because I imagine that you're spending all of that additional time that you have after hours and on the weekends servicing those 93 pools or going back into a problem or whatever. So I can see where you would consider outsourcing your repairs. So this is what I would do. I would review all of my 93 maintenance pools and I would verify that my rate is where it needs to be and that I'm profitable on those pools. And then any pools that I wasn't profitable on, I would consider getting rid of. And then next would be any pools. I would list out any pools that maybe they're a little too far. They're a little out of the area. They're problematic in any way. And I would get rid of those. And by doing that, you can remove some of that chaos that you have day to day and create some more create a more stable and more consistent route. And that will be the route that you train your new person on. And this would hopefully free up some of that, some more of that free time and those weekend times to be able to do your repairs because your repairs are your profitable. You're super profitable. That's your bread and butter. And you want to use that. You want to have those repairs and capture that money so that you can feel that growth. 
And I feel like when you're ready to grow, you have to make sacrifices to get things going, whether that's committing more of your time or committing money or whatever resources needed to get that growth going. And I feel like a lot of times you have to go a little bit backwards to rebuild or resolidify the foundation, and then you can start building on it again. So that's kind of my take on it is maybe take the 93, trim the fat, have the time, complete the repairs, capture that money, put in the extra time, and then get someone going on that route. Once they're able to take it over, you can start to transition out and then rinse and repeat. And eventually you'll have a team and it'll become easier and easier. I hope that makes sense. No, that was gold, Zach. That was that was some big key points there. And you know, you talk about it and it's like, take a look at those 93 pools, trim the fat, make sure that you're keeping those pools that are profitable. I agree with that point more than anything else, right? It, it's, you have to know your numbers. You have to get that. Once you get that, that transitions you and sets you up for everything else. And then, like you said, repairs are very profitable. And so Kelly jumped on here and she said, I found going to repairs only opened up a lot of time but also making more money than the service. And so she's like, I agree with Zach. And Kelly used to do a lot of service and stuff like that. Now, I think Kelly, if I'm not wrong, she's a warranty station for Hayward, which is awesome, by the way, Kelly. And there's a lot of money in that repair side. And one of the things that I think a lot of pool pros don't focus on, Zach, and you do this really well, is you have a service department and you have guys that are focusing on service and that part of the aspect. But then within your business, you have that micro business that we're always talking about. You have that other business within your business that is very important for any business because that side of the business is very profitable. And as you start to grow, it's very important to separate those two from different aspects, from the scheduling aspect from the making sure that you have somebody that's focused just on repairs to be able to go and get that money because it is very difficult to be servicing 60 pools and then trying to get all those repairs on schedule. And you know how it is. You look at 4th of July, pools start to get abused. They start to turn green. You have to stop doing the repairs to come back and service the pools and you're leaving that money on the table. So what I really want a lot of the pool pros to think about as you're looking to leverage and grow your company, look at yourself. And the very first thing that you're going to do is look at your money. Once you look at your money, you make sure that your numbers are right. You start to make that transition. You start to build that repair department. And Zach, now you almost have like three departments, right? You have your service, you have your bookkeeping side, right? Because you're staying on top of your numbers. And now you create that other company within your company, which is the repair side. So I think that is super important for the growth of any company. Kelly over here saying no service now, warranty, repairs, installs, and startups is what she does. I want to add on to that because just kind of going off in a little bit different direction here, but you talk about the micro businesses and we do. We have our maintenance side and we have our repair installation side. One thing I want to caution people to or, you know, recommend that they do is while they're building this model Don't lose sight that each department needs to be profitable because throughout the years, there's been this misconception that, 
I'm going to start a retail store so that I can, I know it's not going to be very profitable, but I'm going to pick up more maintenance accounts or I'm going to pick up more repair calls or whatever. I'm going to start building pools so that I can pick up more service accounts. And people tend to think of one as a loss leader in order to grow the other one. But I want to caution everyone to keep in mind that you need to be profitable in all different departments and make sure that you're building with that in mind as you grow. That's very crucial. Obviously, those numbers are going to allow you, if you're very profitable from the beginning, it's going to allow you to grow at a faster pace, especially when you definitely know those numbers. All right, Zach, let's do this. Let's take a quick word from our sponsors. When we come back, we will jump into our next question. The HyperPole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray all day. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pros' time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking to Zach. We're talking to John. Oh, wait. No, John's not here. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Our poor boy, John, he was afraid that we were going to make fun of him. That's why we're having a good time with him. Brother, we miss you. 
Big shout out out over here to Todd's Pool Service. What's going on, brother? And the other thing that I wanted to mention for those of you that are jumping in, the Pool Nation Award nominations are opening up July 15th. So make sure that you keep that date, put it in your calendar, put your reminders. I should do like the YouTube videos. What is it? Um, hit the bell at the top or the bottom, hit subscribe, notifications. Well, That's so beyond me. I just, I just botched that whole thing up. I sounded like an idiot, Zach. <laughs> Totally botch that. YouTubers are going to be making fun of me. So anyways, huge shout out. Go out there. Set those dates, guys. July 15th. Submit your nominations. We are in full force for the awards. There's going to be a live nomination event. What was the date, Zach? August August 24th. August 24th out in Dallas in Studio A. I think Studio A can handle up to 40 people. So we're going to do a special event that night when we're going to read all the nominations out there and have some people attend. So for those of you that are in the Dallas area or even the ones that want to come into town, let me know. We'll have some tickets for that live event. So, all right, here's the next question. Edgar and John, you guys talked on Wednesday about the attendance issues with the pool pros that sent in the question. Can Zach share his attendance policy and how he handles it? I have one of my guys that is always 15 to 30 minutes late, and I have talked to him several times, but this continues to happen. So, Zach, let me give you a little backup, and I'll read you the question that we talked about on Wednesday. And that question on Wednesday was, guys, at what part of your growth did you start to hold people accountable? When I started with my guys, it was casual, and I did not have an exact start time, but seems that it's becoming an issue and not quite sure how and when to make the jump. I currently have two guys. So that was the question that was sent in on Wednesday. And then somebody listened to it and submitted a question with regards to maybe what was your take and what's your attendance policy? Yeah. And I think this is a really good question because this is one of those things that when you first start, people tend to be non-confrontational and it's hard to hold people accountable. So in the beginning, you tend to let things slide a little bit more. You're not as strict. As time goes on, you have to start cracking down on a lot of this. It becomes more and more difficult. So for us, we start every day at 7 a.m. That's our start time. Everyone, 7 a.m. We have a grace period till 7.05 to get clocked in. And once that clock hits 7.06, it is considered a tardy. And we're not flexible on that. In extreme events where maybe all your catalytic converters get cut out of your truck and everyone's a little discombobulated and forgets to clock in. Like, I think there are exceptions to where you can excuse that. But overall, in general, we are very strict about that. And the reason is, is because the mornings are the time that we get together as a team. We load the trucks together. We have a morning meeting. It's pretty brief, but that's our time where we can relay important information to all of the techs. We can teach or talk about a topic. And we need everyone there for this because we want to make sure that we're able to communicate it to everyone. And also having a consistent start time helps have a consistent end time. One thing that I like is I like to have days that are fairly consistent. I like to try to build the route so that everyone averages about an eight hour day. And if I had someone come in at 10 and someone come in at nine and someone come in at 6.30, it would be really hard to kind of pin that down and make sense of it all. And if I have someone that doesn't get back till 6 or 7 p.m., we close at 4. Who's going to have to sit there and wait for them to get back? It's going to be me. I'm going to be the one that has to 
sit around all night and I don't want to do that. So by having this strict start time, it has helped us structure things in a way that we can now build a closing time to make sure everyone's out of the building, everything's locked up and shut down. So as far as holding people accountable for their attendance, we personally use a point-based system to manage our attendance. And some people may be familiar with this. Um, We got the idea from a little bit more of a corporate environment, but I think that it creates a really good structure and has worked well for us. A quick overview of how it works is that everyone starts with a certain allowance of points. So for example, let's say everyone starts with 10 points. Then anytime someone is tardy, they receive a half a point. And for any unexcused absence, when I say unexcused absence, they receive a full point. So as someone starts having attendance issues and accumulating points, there may be certain coachings or disciplinary actions that happen along the way. And ultimately, if they receive the full 10 points within a predetermined period of time, so we're a 12-month rolling calendar year, it leads to separation. I think it's super important that you find some sort of way that you can structure this and that you can stick to this. I think it was John talking about it on the live that as an employer, you have to make sure you're being fair and consistent with the rules that you put in place and how you are holding people accountable. And you want to make sure you're not doing something that for this person that you wouldn't do for this person. And that can sometimes put you in a difficult position to where you have to take action that you don't necessarily want to take. I have been there many times. And Edgar, you and that's know huge. some of them. That's huge. Yeah, it sucks, but you have to do it because if you aren't fair and consistent, you can end up with legal trouble down the road. And I'm sure every state has different rules around which things you can do with attendance and policies like this. So you want to make sure that you do your homework, do your due diligence. If needed, talk to an attorney, make sure that you're not crossing any lines. But I believe that it's super important. Attendance is super important. Having a concise start time is super important. And another thing that I've noticed is that typically, this isn't always the case, typically, if there's attendance issues, there's performance issues. So it can be a good indicator of what's to come down the line. I talked about this too. And this is one of the toughest things that you have to do as a business owner, as a manager, any position where you are overseeing people. And that is that you have to be ready to be able to hold people accountable before you put something in place. Because a lot of things sound great. Hey, Edgar and Zach, we're talking to John, we're talking about putting an attendance policy together. And oh my God, as a business, that sounds like the great idea. That's something that I need to implement. It can backfire on you if you're not ready to hold those people accountable. And here's what I talked about on Wednesday, and that is that we work in an industry that you need to have somebody show up to do the work. This is not Subway. This is not 7-Eleven. This is not Starbucks, where if somebody calls in, somebody else can either pick up the slack or you as a business owner can stand in line and do the work. If you have a route and you're doing pools and you have a guy that's doing 12 to 14 pools and that person doesn't show up, guess what? You physically have to go to 14 different locations to service those pools. And if you don't in the summertime, those pools can turn green. So it's very different than having somebody that can stand there and manage a register or do some of those easier tasks. 
if you're in a situation where you're not willing to hold somebody accountable and worst case scenario, Zach, you have to terminate that person because they're not handling their attendance or they're not managing and showing up on time. You have to be ready to do that. You have to be ready to pull the trigger. You can't put a policy in place and say, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to hold you accountable, but then be like, oh, well, I really don't want to do that to that guy because, man, I'm short staffed and then I won't be able to go service the pools and I won't be able to go do that because then it sends the wrong message. Then it's like, well, what do you have policies in place for? Eh, It doesn't really matter. I can show up late whenever I want. I can not show up to work. And you know what? He needs me or she needs me anyways. So here's what I'm going to tell you guys. And that is that whenever you have a policy, you have a procedure that you're going to put in place, you better be ready to hold people accountable and to go as far as you're needed to go. So if that leads up to termination, that you're ready to be able to terminate that. And I think, Zach, that there's huge value in holding people accountable. You have to be fair. You have to be consistent. But what that does is if you set that standard, those high performers are going to be motivated because they know that, hey, they're high performers and that the other people are going to be required to manage up to that high standard. Yeah. And, you know, throughout the years, we've had to let people go for various reasons and it's never fun. It's never easy. But I will say the one thing that like you're talking about is your other people respect you that much more. Because if you let someone come in and make excuses and you're not ready to hold them accountable and they're always showing up late and they're not getting disciplined or they're having performance issues and they're not being held accountable, the rest of your team starts to see this and they start to wonder, why am I doing a good job? Why am I putting forth a good effort when it doesn't seem to really matter? So I think it is as much as it sucks, it's super important that you stick to your guns and you follow the process all the way through. And sometimes a good person. It doesn't mean that someone's necessarily a bad person, but they're just not the right fit for the position. So, and I'm excited that questions like this are starting to get asked and people are starting to think this way because the more that our industry starts to build this structure and build these positions, everyone talks about creating career positions in the pool industry. It starts to create career positions to where people can Maybe they're not happy here. Maybe they're not a good fit, but they could fit over here with another company. Because one of the biggest problems I have is when people come with experience, generally the way it was at their last areas of employment or last places of employment, there was no structure. So I know that they're not going to be able to keep to the attendance because they had that lean. Oh, I started at nine every day or I just came in when I wanted to. I was like, that's not going to work here and you're not going to be happy here. So I think it's good that people are starting to talk about these things and think about implementing more structure into their businesses. Yeah, I agree. And those are the things that separate a, a lot of great companies. So that's very important. You know, continued luck to you. Just remember, it's a great thing, but you have to be ready for it. All right, Zach, next question. I'm going to ask a question and don't hate on me. I am freshly new into the pool industry. I started eight months ago when I bought a route of 45 pools. I'm not a numbers guy, and I hear you guys talk about it all the time. Can you explain a little bit about what you are referring to when you say learn your numbers? So first of all, never hate. 
there'll never be hate. There's no dumb question. I love this stuff. But as far as when we refer to learn your numbers, I'll put it this way. In order to succeed as a business and be able to continue to grow or just thrive, some people don't want to grow, but thrive, you have to be profitable. And that's the very first step. And in order to be profitable, you have to know how much money it costs to provide the service you are giving. So that's the high-level overview of it. And to be able to figure out the costs, you have to know cost of parts, cost of chemicals, cost of supplies, and everything that's needed to deliver on that service. You have to know the cost of labor to provide the service. You have to know the cost of tools, vehicles, fuel, and the list just goes on. So when we talk about learn your numbers, we're talking about making sure that you're profitable. And in order to make sure that you're profitable, these are the additional things that you have to look at. But I want to take it one step further. Once you have all of these numbers, you have to start figuring out additional things. Like, are my pools too spread out? And is it costing me more in fuel to drive to these far locations? Or can I bring down my cost of service by tightening up the route or trading pools with someone? And in order to figure that out, you have to understand the distances of your pools. You have to understand the areas in the market. And is it residential or is it saturated with an industrial area with some neighborhoods, some residential throughout it sprinkled here and there? So for me personally, just to kind of sum it up, because I know that's all over the board, but to me personally, when you say learn your numbers, it starts with the hard numbers, such as the cost the product of the products and the overhead, the price of service, and so on. But in the long run, you can continue to dig deeper and deeper and deeper into that info and get that info to make good strategic decisions. And at that point, it becomes learning your data. And that, which to me encompasses it all. And I hope that makes sense, but it starts with the numbers, but it's a journey that never ends and you have to keep digging and going further and further and further. Maria over here says, hey, Edgar, we need to work on my numbers. I still need your help. Maria, you got my number. Call me. Let's connect. Let's work through those. Those are very important. And this is what I love. This is what I love about our communities act that Maria will send a message and be like, hey, you know, let's kind of go through this. Can you help me out? And that's exactly why we're here. So Maria, you got my number. Give me a call. We'll set something up and we'll work through that for sure. I love this question because you have somebody that is just going, Hey, you know, I admit, I don't, I don't know what that is. And that happens to us a lot. We get into business, we get into doing something because we know we have the drive. We know we want to be the, what is it? Entrepreneurs. So we want to be the entrepreneur. The, an entrepreneur. Uh, now you're just messing with me. <laughs> so, you know, we want to take that leap. We want to work for ourselves, but a lot of times we don't have it all figured out and that's fine. That's completely okay. But it's beautiful that they're listening to what specifically is that, right? You guys talk about numbers, you talk about it. What specifically is that? And it all starts with profit. And really what profit is, is just very simple. We talked about it in the class. All profit is, right? And people talk about profit and loss and people get scared. Profit is really easy. All profit means is how much money do you get to keep at the end of the day, right? Or at the end of the month. So you have your income at the top, you have your expenses, and your profit is A minus B. A minus expenses gives you what you get to keep. At that level, that's how simple that is. But just like everything else, you get into, whether it's accounting or whatever, and people geek out, and it starts to get confusing, and people start talking about percentages and EBITDA and 
and and cash flows and balance sheets and all these other things and get freaked out a little bit. Just kind of like when you're learning water chemistry, you you kind of get overwhelmed. I remembered writing with my buddy Justin and Justin going, "Okay, Edgar, if you talk any more about pool water chemistry, I'm going to punch you because my brain's about to explode. Like I can't take any more." But then eventually you get it. Once you hear it and you hear it and you hear it and you hear it, you get it. So my suggestion to you is really kind of learn and be very structured at tracking all of your expenses. And I talked about it again on the class. The way to be successful with numbers to me is making sure that you track your expenses. Like Todd Pieri said, you kind of have to catalog those expenses. And to me, that was the best way to describe it. Like it's a catalog and every expense belongs into a different category. It's that simple. But one of the things that we do nowadays is we have Wells Fargo's, we have the app. So all we do is we log in and whether we have money or not, and that's not it. That's not the goal. The goal is that you have to track things. You have to know exactly where your money is. And that's an exercise that you have to do every month. To me, learn that number first, learn to really figure out how much you get to keep because that's going to tell you right off the bat whether you need to increase prices or you need to cut expenses or what it is that you need to do. And then like Zach is saying, your journey is going to change because it never stops, guys, girls. It never stops. The numbers never stop. Things come up, different things you have to learn. Zach, that perfect example on the driving distance, right? Even that is numbers. You have to look at that and look at how many more miles is costing you and how much gas costs and figuring out that expense. But you don't have to do that at the beginning. Really start with what is that you get to keep because what's going to happen is once you know that number, you're going to make every effort to make that number bigger. It's just by nature. If you know that you're only keeping 50 bucks, you're going to want 60 or you're going to want 70 and you're going to change your behavior based off of just knowing that number. So that's 100%. That's very important. So start there. And then as your journey continues, go in and learn more things. And don't be afraid that if you watch a video and something doesn't make sense, you know, just move on to the next. Try to find something that is explained in a way that that you tend to learn or that you tend to prefer. And then that will make that situation a lot and easier. And I think that a lot of it is just diving in and doing it. Yes. Just dive in and do it. You know, you need to figure out, am I making money? You have a lot of resources. Just try to figure it out because as you're trying to figure it out, you'll find different ways of looking at things. Go through your bank statements. Like Edgar said, catalog all your expenses. I used to do that stuff back in the day with the pen and a calculator. And I would have my bank statements and I would highlight with different colors and I'd feel, 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 and I would list them all. And then I'd have all these different handwritten categories and I would total and all of that. And I, that's the way that I recommend for new business owners to do it, Zach. I recommend that you physically sit with a pen and paper and grab them from your statement and handwrite them onto another piece of paper. Because what that's going to do is two things. One, it's going to slow you down because you're only looking at one thing. So let's say you have your bank statement, Zach. And you're looking and you want to figure out what your gas is. The best way to do that is to sit there and highlight it and copy it one at a time. Because what it's physically making you do is two things. One, focus on one thing, slow down. Two, you're manually now putting it on a different piece of paper. And you're going to start to see as you add it up 
how much that adds to you. So I'm a big advocate of systems. If you're a big company and you've already got it figured out, that's the best thing to use. But if you're new, to me, it's sit with a piece of paper, sit with a pencil or a pen and do it manually because that's going to make you focus on that specific expense that you're trying to look at. And then it's going to make a lot of sense. Your eyes are going to be opened up really wide. It's going to scare the shit out of a lot of people because (laughs) I remember when I first started doing it and doing it consistently, the one that got me is we didn't realize in the beginning that you had to separate the business and the personal. It was just me and Justin before we had families, before all of that. And it was just us. And we didn't know any difference in money coming in. That's our money. And it's like, you start going through that bank statement and it's Texaco, 395, Chevron, 897, Valero, 690. And you start realizing that the bag of chips and the Gatorade and the gum or the pack of smokes, whatever, that stuff starts to add up. You'll find a good chunk of your money in a lot of these little charges. But going through it by hand and transferring it all, you start to realize where your money is really going. Yeah. And I've talked about that before. And I talked about it in the class that I made my oldest son track everything. I I bought one of those big, huge bookkeeper ledgers for Staples. And I used to make him write in his paycheck and manually write. He would save all his little receipts, Zach. And he was always so pissed at me because I made him do it manually. But he came to me and said the same thing. Well, I could just log into Wells Fargo and look at how much money I have. That's not the point. The point is, where is your money going? What are your habits and what are you spending it on? Because that will affect what you get to keep. And when he figured out that he was spending $60 a week on Starbucks and he was working part-time at JCPenney, guess what? It was 7-Eleven coffee after that. I'm not paying five, $6 for a cup of coffee when I can get it for 99 cents. That's exactly what you have to do with your business. And I'm not saying, guys, that QuickBooks is not good and that, look, all those systems are great systems. But when you're learning you have to learn in a different fashion. And that is by putting in the work, by doing it manually. And then eventually as you're getting bigger, you can transition into systems like that, that help your business grow from that standpoint. All right. Next question, Zach, for someone new like me, what would you say are three areas that I should focus on as I look to start growing my business? kind of struggled with this one because there's so many different areas and so many things that you have to do to get a business going. But, you know, the three that I came up with is first, you want to focus on the service that you're offering because that's going to be what brings in revenue. So focus on creating that service, what the ins and outs are, how it's going to go. And then to follow that, I think you need to figure out what your price is going to be. And to figure out what your price is going to be, you got to know what it's going to cost or at least have an idea of it. Nothing's going to be perfect from the beginning. At some point, you got to pull the trigger and get out there and start going, but you just start making adjustments as you start finding points of failure. So first one, the service you're providing. Second one, the costs and the rates that need to be charged. And then the third one, for me anyways, was that As you're doing these things and building up, one thing that's helped me do a lot with the pool boys is I always keep in mind to build things in a structured way to help me control costs and help me control outcomes. And I think this is something that someone could adopt from the very beginning 
and could help them get much further, much faster. And that ties in directly with the attendance thing. When you first start, put something in place that creates structure and you can control the outcome. That'll put you miles ahead. But just keep that mindset when you're doing things. I always think whenever I'm doing something or I'm adding something to the business, I think, can I control this? Or is it going to be something that sets someone up for failure or my guys, you know, puts them on a path to chaos or whatever. So those are my three things. What about you? Yeah, that was a tough one because there's so many different things. And I think the challenge is you start looking at it's really dependent upon what you want to do. Do you want to scale? Do you want to have employees? Do you want to be a single polar? Are you happy with that? Is that what you want to do? Um, I'm going to agree 100% with you. And that first thing that you need to do is you need to look at what your business is about and what you want your business to be known for. How are you going to differentiate yourself from the competition? There's a lot of companies out there. There's a lot of one polars. There are a lot of pool companies. So why would somebody choose you over the other company? And I think once you figure out what that is, and you come up with what we talk about, your strategic branding. What is the message that you want people to talk about when they talk about your business? Every company has strategic branding, and that is not the logo. It's what are you about that when people talk about you, that's what they say. So if you want to be the person with the best customer service, you make your marketing focus on being the best at customer service so that when people talk about you, they say, oh, he's the best at customer service, right? That's just an example. You have to figure out, first of all, what you are, how you're going to be different and how you're going to differentiate yourself. To me, the next thing that would take place would be, obviously, you're in business is really kind of dialing down and, and figuring out what your profit is. I've seen that the people that figure out their numbers early in their journey they scale a lot faster, they're a lot more profitable, and they're a lot more happy at doing what they do. Because like John says, we don't do this for shits and giggles. We do this to make money. We do this to provide a living for our family. And if your business is profitable, that's going to take a lot of pressure away from you. I would focus on that strategic branding. I would focus on really knowing that profitability so that it allows you to scale And let's say that you want to hire an employee, you need to know whether you can afford that employee or not. And that's going to be based on that profit that you have. So I think I would start with those two. A third one, I struggled with Zach because it's like, there's so many different things that you can do. This one is probably not 100% related into the focus of the business, but I talk about it all the time. And that is that you have to spend time working on your business and not just always in your business. And the people that I have seen become a lot more successful are those people that take the time to learn even about the things of their business that they don't like, because we don't like everything. We don't like every aspect of our business. We don't. Some things are boring. Some things are not fun. But if you can learn those things, you can learn how those things operate Then when you go and you hire somebody, you already know what it is that they're supposed to be doing and how it should be done. And you're going to have a better pulse on it. And I talked recently to a female business owner that is a pool builder, and we're going to have her on the podcast. 
And that's one of the things that she adopted early in her game. And that was that before she hired anybody for any position, she went in and learned everything about that position and what that role was supposed to look like so that she knew what she was going to hire for. That to me was like, and she's very successful. And that to me was like, that was an aha moment. I'm like, oh my God, that's a trait of a great business person. Cause I believe in that. I believe in, in knowing everything and you don't have to be the super expert or the best, but you at least have to know it. I think those would be my three, Zach, but there's so many rabbit holes we can go into because there's so many different aspects to business. Zach's just sitting there looking at me like, yeah, what? You're going to say something? What's going on? (laughs) Agreed. Uh, I agree. You you know what you should have done is you should have said, hey, John, take it. What's your answer? Hey, John. Right. John. John. I'd be surprised if he just popped in and answered. John, right? (laughs) He's on his phone and he pops up into the live and he's like, what's up, foes? (laughs) You know we're going to take heat for this one, right? For yes. making fun of them. So yes, what okay. I figured, I've taken my fair share, though. Hey, big shout out out there to First Response. Shout out to your brother Maria. Thank you for the message, Alyssa. Shout out to you out there in El Paso. She's out there building pools. She was one that was working for somebody, Zach, and reached out. She jumped in and now has started her own company. And she is out there building her own pool. So big shout out out there. So, all right, Zach, let's do this. Let's take a word from our sponsors. When we come back, we'll take John's, you know, final thoughts first, and then we'll take yours. So we'll be right back, guys. The Hyper Pole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at blu-rayxl.com. Blu-ray, all day. 
Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pros' time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation with John. How are you, John? Oh, we're going to get burnt on that one. So anyways, we're making fun of John because he is not here. We miss you, brother. Zach, as we get to the final, you should be used to it by now because I always go to you first. So yes. final thoughts. So I have to admit, I've been spending the entire episode, I've been in like two places and the other place that I've been in is trying to figure out how I can get John. Like, how can I burn him? What can I say? What can I come up with? And the thing is, I, I got nothing. And John is definitely the quickest with this. And he is the roast master, the pool nation roast master. So I'm going to award him that title. So hope things are going well out there for you. And again, you know, a lot of good questions. These are the things I love. And I love hearing these things because the more we start talking about attendance policies, the more we start talking about better training, the more we start talking about knowing our costs, the better the industry gets as a whole. And I'm excited for the day. And it's going to benefit us all because I'm excited for the day that someone with experience applies and I'm able to take them and put them in with us and fit them within our structure because there's other companies out there that have a similar structure. And right now it's it's nothing against people that have experience, but it's challenging because they come to us with these very random requests. I've had one person tell me that the last job they had a kayak given to them as like a sign-on bonus and they a were what? To, yeah. A what? A, a kayak? kayak? Yeah. And was it was it a new kayak or a used kayak? Yeah, I think he liked fishing. And so the owner of the company bought him a kayak for coming on as a sign on. And, you know, and we get people that are like, well, I really, you know, like to go fishing. As a matter of fact, I've seen pool trucks drive around with fishing poles hanging out of the truck. I don't know if that's an employee or an owner or whatever, but it just makes it they're almost set up for failure. Let me put it that way. When they come and it's like, you might have this awesome experience, but if you can't be on time, if you can't talk like a professional, if you can't not stop and fish on the side of the road or something wild like that, then it's just not going to work. So bottom line is I'm excited that people are starting to think this way and that we're starting to head more in that direction. And then the last thing I want to remind everyone we mentioned it in the beginning, but nominations open July 15th. So make sure you're getting involved. These awards are for the pool pros, by the pool pros. So make sure that you're getting out there and you're nominating someone or something. And make sure that you're helping us spread the word. If you believe in this and you want to be a part of this, share it, like it, post it. Or, you know, do Edgar's thing from the beginning that he botched all up. <laughs> Click the bell. <laughs> But just let's make the industry aware because there's a lot of people out there that haven't heard of the Pool Nation Awards and don't know of the Pool Nation Awards. So let's bring it to their attention so that they have an opportunity to nominate and vote for someone that they feel is deserving of an award. So I'll kind of end with that. 
Yeah, and I know that you talked about it at the beginning, but I remember at the awards, and to me, they were they were great. I could be a little biased, but to me, they were great. And I remember sitting down at a table because what Zach and I did is we basically, we didn't tell John, we just handed him the microphone and said, here, run with it. The rest of the show is yours. And literally all we did was hand him trophies and envelopes, and he kind of had to figure it out as he went along. And I remember walking and sitting down at one of the tables and somebody coming to me and going, next year, I'm going to vote because I don't agree with some of that one or that were nominated. And that's exactly what it's about. It's about people getting out there to vote. So if you don't put your vote in and you don't talk about your favorite products or your favorite people, then somebody else is and somebody else is going to win it. So make sure that you nominate, make sure that you go out and vote. For those of you that can make it out there, these awards are about the pool pros. These awards are about us pool pros coming to hang out, coming to meet each other coming to share experiences, coming to talk about business. And one of the things that you can learn from a networking event or an event like this that you might not see is you're going to go talk to other pool pros and you might have a situation that you're having a hard time with and you don't know how to fix that problem. And somebody else is going to say, hey, I had that problem and here's what I did. Or here's what I have implemented. And this was proof. And I'm saying it because I was there when two people and Kelly was talking to somebody, Kelly from Dedicated Pool Service was talking to somebody from Florida about vacation rentals. And they were specifically talking about taking time off. And with vacation rentals, it's it's all year round. So it's very difficult to take time off. And so the person from Florida was having a hard time because she wanted to take vacation, but she stuck with these vacation rentals having to service them. And so Kelly said, here's what we did. When we took on vacation rentals, we said, here is our schedule. Here's the weeks that we take off. If you want us to work those weeks, there is an extra charge for those weeks, right? And then what she would be able to do is if somebody had to do those pools, she would be able to grab one of her employees and compensate them extra for being able to do those pools on those weeks and then being able to you know, do the other ones on a different time. And the other person was like, oh my God, that's like genius. So when you network with other people, it's also about how they can help you manage your business and come up with different ideas. And I've talked to pool builders. We're going to have a pool builder on here that's going to come and talk about that and talk about the power of networking and how that helped them level their business up. So, you know, if you get a chance and it's not just the Pool Nation Awards, any shows, any things that you get, that's the power of networking is meeting those other people that will give you ideas and help you better your business. For everybody that's listening or listens to this podcast, get out to the Pool Nation Awards. It's going to be at the International Pool and Spa Show in Las Vegas. The awards are going to be November 16th at night. So anyways, final thoughts for me. I know I've kind of been winded there. Final thoughts for me. I love the whole business aspect of it. I like it when people talk about business because it's very different for everybody. No two scenarios are alike. It all different change. It all, I can't speak. It all changes with everybody's different situation. So anyways, John, we miss you. Zach, I want to thank you for your time. I know that uh, as usual, we're so busy with all the other things that are going on. So I appreciate you coming on and, and doing the podcast with us. 
everybody listening, we'll catch you guys on Wednesday on our Instagram live. Have a good one, Zach. See you guys. Have a good fourth. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry. A pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com.